Welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. We're here today with a special guest. We have a professional pole vaulter, and we're brought to you by UCS Spirit, the world's leading brand in pole vaulting poles. Um, this year's Olympic champs, we're jumping on UCS. I don't know what else to tell you. They're awesome. Uh, they're made out of fiberglass. It's a consistent brand. Um, they've, if you have a pole that's 10 years old and you buy a brand new pole that's five pounds stiffer, it's going to be five pounds. You don't have to worry about them recreating the wheel. It's the same true tried and tested brand that works. All right. Um, check us out on the real Apex Vaulting Instagram. Um, you can also look at us on Facebook. If you want to email us, it's apexvaulting at gmail.com. Um, and thanks for tuning in. Well, Katie, Najat, thank you for joining us on the Apex Vaulting Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, just so everybody knows, we came down to Akron for the pole vault convention. You're going to be competing tomorrow night in the elite section. That's correct? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Who who else is jumping with you tomorrow night? Um, as far as I know, it's uh, Jen Schur, um, Mary Saxer, Kristen Hickson, um, Kelsey Abbey, um, Oh gosh, who else? Uh, I'm probably, I'm <laughs> I put pretty you on the spot now. There aren't there aren't many of us. Um, I think there might be a total of eight girls, including a couple Akron girls that are jumping in it. So yeah, but still awesome event. Um, you know, we've been here several years in a row, and it's just great to see a, a you know a meeting like this, kind of like Reno, kind of small Reno Povolt Summit type deal, where you get to jump. All the kids, high school and college kids, get to jump in competitions, and then watch the elites jump. I, it's you know, you don't see that in any other sport. You know, you don't get an opportunity to go play baseball and then right after all the <laughs> professionals go play after you. Yeah, you know? it's I I love these kind of venues. I, I did one last weekend actually in Texas. And I just I think it's so good for the sport. Um I think it yeah, it kind of bridges the gap between high school and college and elite level. And um yeah, I just I I love the atmosphere because I love being around people that understand it and that yeah. love it too yeah so passionate uh, yeah you, know, you can feel the energy in the crowd yeah because know? even at some of the big track meets it's a lot of the focus is on some of the other events the sprints and whatnot and or like I mean, distance yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean and i get it like yeah. they're super relatable um, right you know everybody ran a mile in high yeah. school so everybody can understand how fast that is and everybody can understand you know the fastest man in the world usain bolt like right, i right. And so I think pole vaulting is a little bit harder to relate to. And so yeah. I understand that. But personally, I think it's so cool. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, so mean, I love this kind of venue where people appreciate it. Right, right. I, I mean, obviously, we're both biased, but definitely such an <laughs> yeah. interesting event, pole vaulting. I mean, you're running yeah. down and then you do gymnastics, uh, you know, sometimes 15, 16, up to 20 feet in the air. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, what, what was the meet called last week that you were at Texas? I know I've heard about it and I always see results from it. Yeah, it was – I think the official name of it was like the Atex, the Texas Elite – Oh gosh, Texas like Elite ex Expo or Expo, something? Yeah, yeah, something like um, that. I what was that like? Because I've never been there. Like, how many pits do they have set up? Or yeah, how does it work? So they have five pits going. It's it's kind of like a um, arena um, okay. and something like this, where it's mm -hmm. just you know they have like we jumped at like eleven a.m., but they have you know competitions going all day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was in a it was in an ex Expo Center, so it was like a stadium type. It, it felt right, very I've much like video. arena. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where it like a livestock type 
center, which is right. what Reno is. Right, yeah. So, so for, for people listening who maybe have never been to Reno yeah. or anything like that, imagine, you know, an indoor stadium setting, either like if you've ever been a hockey arena or rodeo place, yes. and then they, they set the whole place up with as many pits as they can, yeah. and there's multiple competitions going on at the same time. So it's a, it's a crazy atmosphere. Yeah, you know? you know, they got music playing and... You know, there's just people jumping all the time. There's a lot of energy, and it's it's fun. It's yeah. a fun atmosphere to be in. Yeah, there, there's nothing else really like it because I mean, being at other sporting venues and seeing seeing other other stuff on TV, even it's it's so different watching just jump after jump, and especially as the competitions get more intense. You know, I mean, like tomorrow night when you girls are going to be jumping, it's going to be super exciting. I mean, I I. You know, I can't wait to see it, you know? Yeah, it's really fun. And the guys go at the same time. So the men right. and the women elites jump at the same time. And so you literally go jump for jump. Yeah. And it's so cool. And what what I've enjoyed here, and, you know, they started doing it at Reno, too, is they have someone announcing both pits, and that makes it really, really fun, you know? Yeah, and it's someone announcing that, like, last year, I believe it was Jeff Hartwig. Right, was announcing yeah. Someone that understands the sport and can break it down for someone that maybe doesn't understand it as well. Yeah. And so I that makes it a lot easier for the crowd to, to get into it and understand it. Because, obviously, a lot of the people there are parents and people that have been around it enough with their yeah. kids. But it's also – I know for me personally, I'm from this area. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be having a lot of friends and family <laughs> that come, but that – don't know the sport at all. Right. And so it makes it fun for them as well. Yeah, they get to understand what's going on and yes. they kind of know when to clap and when to move or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. So it, it helps. Um, yeah. So going kind of back, you know, so last year you had a huge year. You set a lifetime Thanks. best. Um, four sixty three. Yes. Now, what is that in standard? I'm terrible. Uh, Fifteen two. Fifteen two. Awesome. Yeah. And you ranked sixteenth indoors. I mean, what what did that feel like? What did it feel like to go through that kind of year? And I guess as we continue this talk, and I know we spoke earlier, you know, what made you keep jumping after college? Because I feel like that's a really tough decision for a lot of people. Yeah. So uh, I guess to the college question, um, for me, I think it was just realizing that I I had the potential to keep jumping. You know, I had jumped 14.6, um, so 4.45 my senior year of college, and I qualified for the USA championship meet. And Mm -hmm. I think once I realized that it was, I was good enough to, to be here and Mm -hmm. to hold my own in some of these competitions, it was just, I knew that I wanted to do it as long as humanly possible. Right. Right. And I just, I never wanted to stop. So I just feel very fortunate that, you know, I ability wise, I was able to, to continue that. Um, Well, well, that's awesome. Cause you know, I'm sure you know people too, where I feel like they had the ability and for one reason or another, didn't continue their careers after college because it is difficult. But something that I always remember, I remember there was one time, um, like a world junior Olympic meet or world championship and they had Sergei Bupka and Yelena Zimbaeva talking to the crowd. And Sergei said something that was like so powerful. He's like, look, I know you're young. There's a lot of exciting things you want to do. But he goes, an athletic career, no matter how long, is very short. Yes. I mean, what? I mean, okay, you have the extreme cases like a Jeff Hartwig who qualifies for the Olympics <laughs> at the age of 40. Right. But even then, I'm sure. But I think women, it's even harder. <laughs> right. Well, and I would say even Jeff at this age now, if he could, he would jump right back up the opportunity to probably go to the Olympics. So yeah. why not continue? But what do you think were some of the difficult choices after college or difficult decisions to kind of lead you in a path where you could continue this sport? I think the 
biggest thing for people is financially how it will work for Mm -hmm. them. You know, there unfortunately is not a lot of money in the sport in the United States right now. And so I'm very fortunate to have a very supportive family. Um, And so luckily I, I have been able to pursue this dream um, with the support of them. Um, But I know a lot of people are, are not as fortunate and have to, balance working full-time jobs and training and it's just it is very hard to right. do everything and i know people that that do all of it and i am just in awe of them because i don't i don't <laughs> know how they do i it's exhausting as it is and i mean i i do work part-time jobs in the off season mm-hmm. and when i can um but yeah it's that's i would say is the biggest thing that i think keeps people from really going after it yeah, I, I think definitely the financial part of it is is huge because, you know, look, everybody's got to live somewhere. Everybody's <laughs> got to have food, you know. Yeah. These are important things. Um, but it was funny. I remember one time going down to Tennessee and, you know, you've, you've been working with Roman Bacharnikov for a few yes. years now. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a conversation with Roman in regards to another athlete. And he was like, well, like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> And I often find myself, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. I I love my life. I, <laughs> I have a pole vaulting club and I get to coach kids in pole vaulting, college kids, post-collegiate. Yeah. And I find myself often like uh, this past fall, you know, I'm in the weight room at the college that I also work at, Ramapo College. And I'm like, I'm at work. Yeah. I'm in the squat rack with an athlete <laughs> and this is work, you know. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate. Um, but... I know for a lot of people, they sometimes wonder, well, you know, how do, like you said, how do I balance work? How do I balance training? But what else is there? Yeah. I, I mean, to me, I almost feel like, what else would you be doing on the weekends? Yeah. You know, how many <laughs> weekends can you go out and not finally get bored? <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's definitely funny to kind of think about, you know, I, I'll talk to my friends and, you know, there'll be times when, you know, I, I won't go out or, obviously, (laughs) or, you know, we'll go out to eat and I'll opt for like the healthier thing or, you know, and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And part of me definitely (laughs) misses out. But at the same time, it's like, I have such, there's such a short lifespan for this Mm -hmm. that it's like, I just, you know, go for it a hundred percent. You have your whole life to do that. Right. Yeah. And and that's kind of like what Sergey Bupka was saying in that presentation. You have your whole life to do a lot of other stuff. Uh, And it's funny, like my perspective, like as a coach, you know, I guess it was around 2010, I went full time with Mm -hmm. the club and I stopped teaching because I was a full time teacher at first and then running the club on the side, which was very difficult. Yeah. And so I was focusing on the business, trying to get the club going and I got really out of shape. <laughs> so I was like up to like 190 pounds. I only, I'm only 5'9", and I was like really miserable. And I mean, now that like I've gotten back into shape and stuff like that, I feel great. To me, it's like I always talk to athletes. It's like, look, like all that other stuff is great. But at the end of the day, you're going to want to be back here anyway. Yeah. Like now at, at 36, I'm like, dude, I can't imagine going back yeah. the other way. Yeah. I mean, I'll have a piece of cake every once in a while. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> oh, please. I have yeah. dessert every weekend before every meet. <laughs> it's like my night before That's a ritual. ritual. Yeah. I have a little bit of dessert every night before. So what, what is that dessert then? It varies. It it's varies. It's different depending it's where we're different. at. But I like chocolate. So. Chocolate. All right. All right. Yeah. But moderation let me specify that but yeah so not the whole chocolate cake if it's in front of me no but um like i don't really i try to stay 
away from the sweets other mm-hmm. than like, you know, I, I try again, moderation. Yeah, so yeah. I really try to give myself a day or two, like on the weekend, usually it's right, the right. day, like the night after the competition, eat whatever yeah. I want. And right. like, yeah, the night before the competition, <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I would notice the, the couple times that I did, I would compete well the next day. And so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to well, use you, that. You know, what's funny is, you know, <laughs> I, I'm sure you know about cortisol, the stress hormone, right? Yeah. So I remember reading, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Charlie Francis. He coached Ben Johnson, the 1988 okay. Olympic champion. Yeah. I mean, we all know the story, right. but he was talking about how he had a, a hurdler at one point that was supposed to like make its finals easy and medal at worlds. And, you know, the night before his semifinal, he just couldn't fall asleep. He's in bed. He's trying to fall asleep. He couldn't sleep. He was restless. Goes out, barely qualifies for finals. So then the story goes that the next night before finals, he's like, screw it. I'm going out to the bar. So he had like a couple (laughs) drinks, this and that. Like enjoys himself, relaxes. And then he meddled. Had the best race of the season. So it's funny how again, that works. Moderation. But yes. It's like, hey, if a little bit of chocolate is going to calm you down, <laughs> make you feel good, I, I think that's fine. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, like you say, with moderation, it's like they forget. It's like it's what you do 90% of the time that yes. really matters, not 10%. Yes. You know, because I think about my brother who is not an athlete and not into <laughs> athletics. He thinks his one salad a week should make right. him healthy. Right. And he doesn't get that he, 90% of the time he's eating unhealthy, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so you choose to continue, you figure it out, you have a supportive family. Yes. Um, where does your journey take you after college? Like what, what did you figure out training wise? What were some of the things that you went through? You know? Yeah. Um, so my college coach recommended me to Roman. Um, he had seen him back in the nineties when he came over at the summit, the football okay. summit, mm-hmm. um, with, um, uh, hit um I think, coach yeah he was um, translating for vitalik petrov yes, yeah petrov yeah and so my coach saw him then i don't i don't think he met him but mm-hmm. then my senior year we were at a meet at akron and mm-hmm. he saw roman here with another athlete and just mm-hmm. the way he was interacting with her and i if i remember correctly she did not have a good meet and i think he saw the way that he interacted with her mm-hmm. after having a bad meet and he just seemed really positive and you know wasn't super you know harsh on her and right right you know right. i'm one of those unfortunately if you yell at me i cry so <laughs> 25 years old you yell at me i cry um but <laughs> but yeah he knew the coaching style that worked for me right. and he saw that in him and and so yeah i i chose to go down to knoxville and train with him full time and it was i it was a good decision i'm i'm glad that i did it um i've been successful since um i've been fortunate enough to pr every year since working with yeah, him yeah. um so can't really argue with that yeah and, and knoxville to me i know early in my uh, like coaching career when i like got to see clinicians and stuff like jim b miller who was on the podcast yeah. was actually one of the first coaches i saw talk yeah it's like knoxville was almost like a mecca for pole vault for a long time it kind of still is yeah, you know yeah. you've got um UT is it has a great program. Yeah. Jake Blankenship just came out of there. Yeah. Um, and Tim Max program is down right. in Knoxville right. and, and Roman. And so yeah, it's a I mean, it's a great pole vaulting atmosphere, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely a transition. Um, I think just shifting all of my focus to pole vaulting was was new. Um I 
met with a nutritionist for the first time and learned <laughs> how to eat appropriately because I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so just I think there was just a lot more knowledge about just the sport and everything going into it. It was a lot more focus, um, I would say. Well, well it was interesting because we, we were talking earlier and you were talking about how you did have trouble early in your collegiate career. I did. And what I often find with pole vaulting, and actually our last podcast, I had it with Calvin Hartman, a, a senior at Ramapo College. We were talking about the training aspect. I feel like pole vaulting is so fun. And you mentioned Brad it Walker be. <laughs> Walker before who yes. actually had this important, I thought, video on uh, – I don't know if it was Valter Magazine or Flow Track, but he talked about like pole vaulting is so fun that a lot of people forget that you have to train. You're yeah. an athlete. You yeah. know what I mean? And we obsess over the technique so much sometimes that we forget 80% of, of your product, your height is going to come from your runway speed, yes. your strength, your speed. Yes. Like you get, you have to be an athlete. You can't yes. just jump every day, you yes. know? And gosh, he is. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it was definitely, yeah, a transition in that respect. Of it was more intense training, um, not anything miserable. Like I was never finding myself like throwing up at the end of practice. <laughs> so it wasn't intense in that way, but everything was very focused specifically towards the vault. And I feel like a lot right. of college programs, you know, they they work towards general strength and things right. like that, and they kind of lift everybody in similar ways. Um, right, right, right. And so. It was it was cool knowing that everything that I was doing was very specific for the vault and and if I didn't think that it did you know you know Roman would say okay this is how it relates specifically and so it was really cool I felt that everything that I was doing was for a very specific purpose and how yeah. to get better and that's something that when I first met Roman he always talked about purpose yes you know if if you're doing something it has to have a purpose yes. and if it doesn't and the person can't explain why you're doing it mm -hmm. then don't do it. He's so big on, you know, if it doesn't make sense, don't do it. He's like, if something doesn't make sense to you that I tell you to do, then, you know, don't do it. It has to make sense for you to want to do it and to do it correctly and execute and then for it to, you know, transfer over. Yeah. And look, so th this is such an interesting thing because I think about, you know, coaches like Roman Bicharnikov. I also had Mike Lorick on who okay. did vertical assault mm -hmm. and, you know, I hate to say me, but me as well. <laughs> I think that a lot of times we kind of guide our athletes, show them the way, but you've got to kind of go there yeah. down that road. Yeah. And it's very interesting because I think sometimes people can look at it and be like, well, their kids, maybe they seem a little lost or something like that. But it's like, no, we're teaching you guys how to figure out your path yes. and understand what you're doing so that it's almost like you're at the, by the end, you can be the teacher too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I think that's huge. That's more powerful, makes a, a stronger pole vaulter. Yeah. And I, that's, that's another thing too, I think, in transitioning to um, this level is just really figuring myself out as a vaulter. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, you know, coaches can't always go to the meets. And so, yeah. you know, being set up to, learn how your body feels. And that Roman is big on that. Like, well, what'd you feel? What did you feel that time? How yeah. did you feel? And so I, I think in learning that, then I was able to go to a lot of meets where I didn't have a coach and just kind of have somebody catch a step and right. be successful at some yep. of these meets where 
I, in, you know, college, I would have been a mess without a coach there. I would have mentally been a disaster. Right. Yeah. We, we've all seen the athletes that it's like without a coach, they can't do anything, Yeah, you know? And the thing is you have to start to become more aware. I mean, even something simple, like I I think about like high school athletes that I first start working with. I'm like, look, do you feel, feel tired today? And they're like, no, I feel, I feel fine. I'm like, cause you're running very slowly right now. It's okay to admit that you're tired. It's okay to admit that you're feeling things. And I think especially with high school and college, a big problem there is that if you're tired or if you're admitting that you're hurt or whatever, that's weakness. And so right. they, yeah. you know, you have to push through it, have to push through right. it. And pa- I do get it to an extent. Yeah, Part of it is the athlete doesn't want to let the coach down. Yeah. Yes. And so I think that was another thing is just really being in tune with my body yeah. and how it felt. Well, the, the thing that I was going to say too, besides not letting the coach down, I feel like a lot of times kids, like even something simple, like being tired, they don't understand that concept. Like they think like yawn tired (laughs) and it's like, no, like you, I know your legs feel heavy, right? Like we should not do this today, you know? And that's something that you have to build that awareness. It's, it's crazy. Cause for me personally, I know even if I'm like just jumping around at the club or showing the kids (laughs) something, it's like, I'm like so in tune. Like I really don't need a lot of help to jump. Whereas like some of these kids, they're still trying to figure out all these different feelings. Like some kids don't even feel like in or out. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're like, hey, did you feel tight? And they're like, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that comes with just doing the numbers and then seeing videos. Of, right. And then relating that to how that felt. So right, it's right. Just, I mean, pole vaulting is one of those things that you, unfortunately, you can't really do anything when you're actually vaulting. It's not like you can do it 50%. It's right. like it has to be 100% every single time. And really the only thing that is going to give you the best results is just putting in the numbers, just yeah. going down the runway and actually jumping. Right, and obviously right, right. you can't do that every day. You you do other things to improve upon that. But yeah, just doing doing the numbers and just, yeah, just yeah. jumping is what is really going to help you the best. Right, yeah. And I, I think definitely like, like saying like, you know, you can't go 50%. Like yeah. if you're doing full approach work, you're doing full approach work. Yeah. You can't jog down from a seven or eight or nine, right. you know. But even short approach, even if you're coming in from three lefts, you have to have a hundred percent intensity. You right. have to come you have to hit that takeoff aggressively every single time you come down. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's it's one of the I, few sports that you really have to do that every single time. I, I've actually like with some kids who are having a lot of trouble, especially run through issues, what I would do is I call it slow twos. Okay. So it'll be a two left approach or two yeah. right approach. And I give them like a grip that's like super, super easy. Like yeah. let's say typically this girl could grip, I don't know, 10, nine from two, two lefts. Yeah. I would give her like 10 foot grip, make her run from like 22 feet, super close. Yeah. And just be like, look, you have to really control yes. the intensity, but still wrap this bungee. Yes. So sometimes you can do certain stuff like yeah. that, but it's got to connect to that intensity level yes. later. You yeah. Know? And I, and I agree with that. I had horrible run through problems after my f- first couple of years at Dayton. Um, and I transferred to Ashland and, um, what really changed that was I, I was really stubborn and I was like, well, I was on this size pole. I was gripping this high. Like I should be able to do this. Yeah. And I was stuck <laughs> in that stubborn mindset and I was just running myself into a hole and I was just running myself into the ground. And I, I finally, I remember talking to my mom and I was like, She's like, well, what do you feel? I'm like, I'm just really nervous. And I hated admitting that. Yeah. I was just, I'm kind of scared. And she's like, well, just tell, tell your coach that, tell Denny that. Yeah. And so I went to practice the next day and I just, I went up to him and 
I, I forget exactly how the conversation went, but it was something to the effect of, you know, coach, like I'm scared to be on this pole. And he mm-hmm. was like, okay, grab the smallest pole we have in the shed. And I yeah. went in there and I grabbed the smallest one and started with a really low grip and just worked my way up on it so that from five lefts and yeah. just so that I literally felt like I could get in. Right. Yeah. No matter what. Right. Even if even You're if I was coming in slow, everything, yeah, yeah, and it bent like gripping halfway down. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people get in that stubborn mindset of, well, I was on this pool, I should be able to do this, and they get really frustrated if yeah. they don't get on those same size poles. And that could change day to day. There are some days where I'm on, you know, two poles up from you know the next day. It's just, you know, it's obviously you you want to be on bigger poles, but right. at the same time, I'll, of course you know, don't, don't be so stubborn as to where you can't accomplish anything. One of the ways that I kind of explain it to people, because I think like people don't get it. Like, like you said, they're like, they're stubborn. They're like, I was on this grip, this pole, I need to be on this. And the way I always explain it is like, look, your grip and your pole are your forms of resistance. So if we were weight training, if we were benching right now, if you just failed at 150 pounds, we're not just going to keep doing it. We have to take some weight <laughs> yeah. off and you have to do a weight that you can accomplish that day. That's like such we all a good wa- way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, like we all want to PR, yeah. but if you can't PR today, let's do the ne- next best thing. Don't try to PR in practice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously that's great, but right, like, right, right. you know, the main goal is is the meets and peaking at the right time. Yeah. Too. So uh, you're bringing up college and I know we're bouncing around a little <laughs> bit, but that's fine. Um, so you bring up college and we were talking about this earlier. So your high school PR was 13, you said? Yes. Now, interesting. I was telling you in my area in the Northeast, it seems that like a lot of girls that jump even 11 feet are like, I'm going division one. Yeah. They're hell bent on division one. Yeah. Why did you go D2? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so how did, how did that go, go about? And, what is the climate here? Like, what do girls feel, you know, is a division one mark or division two or division three? Like, yeah. How does I that mean, happen here? I think ideally everyone wants to go D1. That's such like, right. there's a like a stigma about it. It's just, it's, it's so cool. It's the highest level you could go. You right. Know, it's the best kind of athlete. And so I was definitely wrapped up into that. And I, I did go D1 and I mm-hmm. went to the university of Dayton for two years, which is, it's a smaller D1 school yeah. in Ohio. Um, and yeah, I just... I I mean, I really liked it, but I really struggled there. Um, yeah. I think mentally I was just not ready for all kinds of change. Um, mm-hmm. I was a very, I was not mentally tough. I was, I was a very, very fickle athlete. Like the littlest thing would throw me off. And so mm-hmm. going into a new school, no one from my school had gone there. Um, new yeah. coach, I had never had a new coach before who was changing so many things right off the bat, which were things – that that weren't it shouldn't um basically they were things that should have been changed right but i think the speed that they were changed at and the, yeah the, how fast it was i just and it was a lot of change without any results because yeah you, that's do you have a preseason of months long and that i wasn't used to that yeah and so it's all it's months of you know critiques and you know not that he was harsh, but just a lot of, you know, every time you got off the pit, it was something else to work on. And, you know, you couldn't see any of those results. Yeah, you weren't seeing a positive because yeah. I, I know often I've spoken with Roman and, you know, I know sometimes when someone goes into Roman's system and I coach very similarly to Roman, it's it's very different. Mm-hmm. And 
you have to, I feel you have to ease the kid into it, yes. but they should be seeing positive results. Like yeah. Roman always talks about the positive feedback. Yeah. He's so positive. Yeah. yeah it's like, if very... you do something better, it should be like, oh wow, you wrapped a higher bungee. Yeah. You know, and yeah. actually you, you just briefly met one of my athletes, Lauren McDonald. Mm-hmm. She came from another club, a different coach, and her planting mechanics were very different from Roman style. Yeah. And at first, actually, when she came to my club, because I saw she was very talented, but she was kind of like still very loyal to where she came from. Yeah. It's I, hard. Yeah. It's all about trust and feeling. Yeah. So, so I let her keep doing her planting yeah. mechanic and coach her in things that I could where she was accepting. Yeah. And it was funny because within a month and or a month and a half, she was like, can you show me how to plant yeah. your way? Yeah. You know, because I wanted her to make that choice. And I feel like a lot of coaches don't realize the athlete has to make the choice. Yeah. It's not about me. I mean, if you if you were a robot, that would be awesome. You would just like <laughs> plug you in at I night. Know. And Roman great. would just wake you up in the morning. You practice. And I but, just do my thing. Yeah. All right. But that's not how it is. You have to buy in. And I, I think a lot of coaches forget that. You yeah. Know? And I mean, everything that he was coaching it wasn't wrong. It right. was just, it was a lot of change really fast. Yeah. And I think- in this sport, it's so much about trust and it's so much yeah. about, you know, being in your comfort zone and pushing that comfort zone. But if you do too much too fast, depending on the athlete, some athletes are just phenomenal mentally and can handle it. But I was not one of those athletes. <laughs> and this poor guy just didn't know how to, he I, he was just trying and I just, yeah. I would run through and I would run through and I'd run through. And I mean, it took me two years and a transfer. He ended up leaving. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I switched over to Ashland. Mm-hmm. I always said if he went anywhere, that that would be the place that I would want to go. Yeah. I, I really liked the coach and I had friends that went there and there was mm-hmm. a really good track program, even though it was D2. And so I think, you know, my best advice for, you know, athletes, you know, between D1, D2, D3, the beauty of this sport is that it is the same everywhere you go. Right. It doesn't matter, you know, it's the same runway. It's the same pit. It's the same plant box. It's the same everything. Right. And so I think really looking at the coach, I mean, yeah. and and I really liked my coach at Dayton. So like mm-hmm. it wouldn't have necessarily changed anything for me, but I think, um, you know, really looking at the coach because you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it every day because of it. Yeah, yeah. And find someone that, you know, works with your coaching style. Like if right. you need someone that's a little bit harsher that kind of yells sometimes that lights fire under your butt, like look for that. <laughs> talk to the athletes. Right. Yeah. Talk to the other. Talk to your other potential teammates. And when the coach isn't there, because right. when the coach is yeah. there, they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna say all the right <laughs> things. Um, but yeah, it, but I'm somebody that needs more positivity and more. Um, yeah, I I'm much better mentally than I ever used to be, but that was a big thing. And so transferring to Ashlyn, that coach was just super patient and yeah, it took me back to the, the basics. Wasn't afraid to like, I, I stayed on short approach my yeah. entire junior year. And then to the point where I was so ready, like I was just yeah. so sick of yeah, yeah knowing that I was only jumping so high because I was running from so far. And so being able to to have the confidence to say, okay, like I'm ready, like let's do it. And so. Well, and again, that's yeah. just a, a great example. Like you were ready, you made that choice. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to coach an athlete who's made that choice. Yeah. Yeah. I know even uh, a guy who coaches in Southern Jersey, Jason Church, who I've had on the podcast, he was a D2 coach as well. He had a national champ in D2 who actually, she qualified the following year in 2000 for the Olympic trials. Okay. Which 
I mean, this is crazy. Olympic trials qualifying in 2000 was, I believe, 12-11. I believe that. I mean, mean, it was so new. Right. No, no, yeah. But it's so crazy to think (laughs) about it now, you know. Um, But Jason always says he he kind of like, he'll be like, after a blow through, hey, what'd you feel? And if the girl's like, uh, do you think I should go up pole? Yep, go ahead. Yeah. He, want, he wants the athlete to yep. make that choice. Because if, yeah. if you tell a kid, hey, go up a pole, and then yeah. that kid's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Then you They're should, not going to take it up. Yeah, definitely not. Or they're, they're going to stood up or, or something. Or, yeah. yeah. And I think for me, the biggest thing was in D1, I just wanted I wanted to be good for the coach. I wanted to prove that I had gone to the right place and that, right. you know, he had – you know, chosen right in picking me and giving me a scholarship. And so there was a lot of external pressure that I put on myself. And going to Ashland, the the coach is a volunteer. He's he's Vietnam fighter pilot. Like he just Mm -hmm. did it because he loved it. Yeah. He would always joke, you know, like, oh, if you if you win this meet, they'll double my salary because <laughs> he's volunteer. He's not making any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, trusting that he it, he wasn't in it for him. Everything was about making me better, and not not that the Dayton coach, you know, had any ulterior motives. No, just, no, but. But that pressure of the scholarship that you bring up is huge because even Jim B. Miller said, he goes, you know, you might be shocked to hear this. He goes, Lawrence Johnson was not on a full scholarship. Yeah. He goes, he he always tried to protect his pole vaulters and not give them scholarships so they didn't have the pressure and yeah. they can just develop. Which, yeah. I mean, most people would be like, no way. UT, you know, yeah. all those great pole mm-hmm. vaulters, they're not on full rides. Like, well, you know, yeah. he had a point because yeah. there's less pressure on them, you know. Yeah. And then in terms of, you know, going up a pole when – I just, I knew that he wasn't going to tell me something mm-hmm. to, you know, just go up a pole because I think this is what you should do. And, you know, it was, he would only tell me it if I was 100% ready. And I had the ability to say no if right. I wanted to. Right. And I think that was a big thing is he wouldn't tell me to go up a pole if I wasn't 100% ready. Right. But if I wasn't confident and if I told him, no, I'm just not ready for that, he wouldn't get mad. He'd be like, all right. Like, yeah. And so I think the ability to say no was huge. And just, yeah. and I'll, I think a lot of coaches don't like that. <laughs> they tell you to go up and you say no. And they're like, excuse me. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, so having, having that ability to, you know, to say no, if I wanted to made me realize, like, well, why would I? Like, he's not going to tell me to go up a pole if I'm not ready for it. Right, so right, right. I might as well, I'm, so let's go for it. Well, yeah. And at my club, it's funny, whether it's a grip or pole, you know, I'm I, I'm always looking for that that technical jump and I'm only going to have them go up when I think it, they're ready. Yeah. And I, and I feel like my athletes tend to be the type of like, they're begging me. They're like, yeah. can I go up? Like, can I go up? Through yeah, yeah, so like, let me go up. That, yeah. And then, so it's it's a much better atmosphere because then I'm the one that's holding them back sometimes yeah. rather than me being like, no, no, no you have to go up. Yes. And they're like, no, please, no. Yeah. You, know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's a much better, uh, you know, situation to be in. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, looking at it more as, okay, it's not a bigger pull. It's just the next pull. It's just the next pull up. It's mm-hmm. what I need to clear this bar. So in meets, I actually wouldn't have as much of an issue going up. It was more in practice. Um, okay. But, you know, with that adrenaline, it's like, this is what I have to get on to clear that bar. If I want to clear that bar, I got to go up a pull. Right. So I think it's it's 
it's definitely the mindset that you have yeah. with doing it. But right, right. Everybody struggles with it a little bit. <laughs> you look at every vaulter. Um, at, at some point, it, yeah. it, it, ha- it has to happen, you know? So, you know, and it, it gets tough. And I think going back to even training stuff, sometimes we don't realize that depending on the time of year we're in, the season, the training load, maybe right now is not the time to be on that pole. And people have a tough time letting go. They're like, yeah. you know what I mean? They, they, like you said before, they feel like, oh no, it's a sign of weakness. I'm not getting on that pole. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you just kind of let go of that, it kind of frees you and you can just focus on your training and know that it'll yeah. be there when yep. you're ready. Yeah. Um, so, so now going back to like, you're done with college, you're training in Knoxville and you know, and I kind of know what's going on because I'm friends with Rowan. Yeah, yeah. And I was shocked when he <laughs> told me, he's like, oh, yeah, Katie's moving back to Ohio. I'm going to kind of like via mm-hmm. email and phone call coach her. Yeah. And I have to be honest, <laughs> my knee-jerk reaction at that point, I was like, no way. He should be like, stay in Knoxville. Yeah. That's it. But I have to give both of you a lot of credit yeah. because it worked. And, yeah. it was like, and And the thing is, I remember looking back at the end of the year, I was like, yeah. You know what? I think Roman just taught me another lesson. Yep. If Be- he had forced me to stay, I would have I would have vaulted into the ground. It would have been another Dayton for me where mm-hmm. I would have just run through and run through and run through because mm-hmm. I just I had gotten to the p- point where I wasn't happy down there and it I mean it was a combination of things. It was being mm-hmm. away from home and not the best roommate situation and things like that. So I just I was and even I just was being out of point. college. Yeah. Because I, 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 I moved down there not knowing anyone. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was alone for a long time. And then, yeah, it just, yeah, it, it is different. And yeah. so. And you must be getting phone calls from like classmates who are like, oh, yeah, I'm working full time. Oh, I'm getting married. Somebody's <laughs> yeah. having a baby. Like, and you're like, oh, cool. Oh. I'm pole vaulting. <laughs> like, yeah. Isn't that weird that that's the reaction? You're like, oh, I'm just pole vaulting. Even though. Like, oh, you're looking forward to getting married? I'm looking forward to my dessert before the night. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but, and that's, you know, going back to what you were saying about yeah. just, you know, different lifestyles. It's like, that's the next super exciting thing for a lot of people, I think, mm-hmm. is the getting married and the having the babies. And and so it's it's just kind of funny because my next exciting thing is meets and yeah. traveling and stuff yep. like that. So it's just – it's very different. But, I mean, I – a part of me is a little jealous in that they have, I would say, more stability in the sense of they mm-hmm. know exactly where they're going with their life. Maybe yeah. not exactly. But, you right, know, if they right. have a job, they got a place of their own, right. this and that, they're paying bills, like <laughs> – I can't say that I'm doing any of that by myself. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely things about that that are enticing. But at the same time, I know that this has such a short life that I wouldn't want to be. Yeah. And, and I, I just think, you know, whether it's you or anybody else that's, you know, jumping post-collegiate, it's, it's such an inspiration to everybody out there for the sport because – it, you show everyone that you can do it. It is yeah. possible and you can make it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think too, you know, hopefully, you know, as we continue this podcast and things that people have heard so far, it's an amazing experience. I mean, think <laughs> about the things that you've done, you know, through Povol, the people yeah. you've met, you know, even, you know, yes. I mean, you know, it always comes up on my Facebook when you're hanging out with like Mary Stacks or whoever. <laughs> it's like, I know you guys are having a blast. Like, yeah. think about it, if you weren't pole vaulting, what would you be doing? Exactly. <laughs> and no, and it's funny because I think the reason that just about all the vaulters at this level get along so well is we all appreciate each other. We all understand that we are in this sport for nothing other than the fact that we love it so much. Yeah. And there, you know, there are so many other sports out there where, you know, 
they get million dollar contracts and things sure, like that. Yeah. And track's just not one of them. And so we know that we understand how grueling it is and not only physically, but mentally every yeah. day. And, you know, the return is, is maybe not as great as some of the other sports out there. And so I think that's the reason we all get along so well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember being at my first US Amy and I, <laughs> I mean, I went to a D2 school. I right, didn't right. really compete against any, anybody. Um, right, right. And so we didn't really travel much for meets. We stayed pretty much yeah. in Ohio. And so my first USAs, I remember I was walking down the side of the street and Mary with, with Roman and Mary yeah. and her coach, Danny, were walking on the other side and Danny and Roman kind of said something to each other and Mary like waved at me. And as I kept walking back, I was like, oh my God, Mary Saxer just waved at me. Like, oh my God. And like Jen was like warming up and, and yeah, warm yeah. Mary. And I was like, all right, don't look at her. Don't look at her. Oh my God. There she is. Like I I was like a little kid in the candy yeah, shop. You're like starstruck. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like people I'd only ever read about and only ever seen, you know, social media accounts. And so right, right. it was it was so cool. And now, you know, Mary's become one of my best friends and Kylie and like all these mm -hmm. women, you know, April Steiner Bennett, like yeah. Becky Holiday, all these women that I had looked up to, I was I was then competing with and they've become friends yeah. and it's, and it's so cool because it's, it's genuine. Like it's, yeah. it's not like this superficial thing, like, Oh, we're just pole vaulters just hanging out. Cause we have to like, you genuinely come to love these people and yeah. enjoy hanging out with them. You travel with them, you eat meals with them, you, yeah, you compete with them, but then afterwards you're, you're hanging out again and the competitions, I mean, we all know they last hours. So you're talking to people in between jumps. And right, right, right. So yeah, I think that's the the one thing above all else that I love in this sport is just this, the sense of community yeah. and the sense of family in it. It's just, it's awesome. Yeah. I think, I think that is the great thing about pole vaulting too. And I remember one time hearing a great story. I was at high school nationals and I don't know if you remember the name Shane Wygant. She was from Texas. Yeah. 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 I believe she was a national record holder at the high school level and yeah. she jumped like I think 14, nine in college. And I remember talking to her dad, I guess she was involved in like mixed mar martial arts and pole vault from a oh, young cool. age. And the thing that she said to her dad was like, what she liked about pole vault was she didn't have to hate the people she competed against. Yeah. Because mixed martial arts, you kind of can't be friendly with that person. They're going to be gonna punching say, you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to really dislike a person. Hit yeah. <laughs> yeah. So pole vaulting, it, it can be a, a friendly atmosphere. I mean, yeah. I love the competition. And yes. I think some of my athletes have had like kind of almost these great duels against certain other athletes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we can sit down and break bread, which is great. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like in college, it was it was me and Kristen Hickson and Kayla Caldwell. And it was us three. We were in the same college conference and so between that we'd all jumped around 14 feet and so you know between conferences and nationals it was like a really good rivalry mm -hmm. but I always had so much respect for them you know yeah. I and you know it's I think in college it's a little different it's a little more intense I would say because it's for the school and it's for the right. you know but especially getting to know them post-collegiately it's just I I have so much respect for them and really for all of my competitors just yeah. because yeah I think we can all understand how awful it feels to know height we can all yeah. understand how awful it feels to have a day where you just can't take it off the ground we all know what that feels like right. but we also all know how phenomenal it feels to PR yeah so it's just we have all experienced the highest of highs and lowest of lows no matter who you are yeah. I, I think also the longer that you do it um 
you know, you realize how hard those PRs are to yes. get. Um, you actually met one of my guys, Craig Van Leeuwen, and it was funny. When I first met him, his PR was 14.6. Okay. The following year, he jumped 15.8. Okay. The next year, he jumped 17.5. Jeez. He didn't jump 17.8.5, I think, for another two, three years. Yeah. And now he's still at that number now, and he's yeah. just turning 30 soon. Okay. So, you know, it's just like... I think in the beginning of your career, you're used to like, no, I, I like get jacked yeah. up in PR a lot every year. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, that's part of the maturing process, realizing, oh, we're going to slow down now. Yeah. Now a 5% yes. you know, increase in yes. performance is If you're huge. PRing by a couple centimeters that like, yeah. and you know, so it's just, it's, yeah, it's definitely changing that mindset <laughs> of like what success is. Right, right. And so, Yeah. I mean, because I've even had high school kids, because I'm sure you had one of these seasons, where it was like, they'll PR or tie their PR every single meet the entire season. Yes. And I always have to pull the kid aside and be like, that's not normal. That's not realistic. Never going to happen again. Okay. That's so not realistic. Yeah. But enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, especially in a sport where there are just so many factors, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's not just how you feel. It yeah. is, you know the right pole selection, the perfect placement of standards, you know, you might yeah. have, you might have a PR jump, but the standards are wrong and you know, your hips may be two feet above it and or, you're hitting it with your chest. Or you or, could run out of pole. Yeah, or you could <laughs> run out of pole. You know, there's so many factors in the sport. And so it's just, it's literally trying to perfect the imperfect. Like is I think the best way trying to make the absolute best of the imperfections. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, so going back a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, you go back home, mm -hmm. you're still training with Roman. Yeah. Again, what I thought was great was like, what I felt like I learned from that like journey that you guys went on was I was like, wow, you know what? Like, cause some people would probably have been like, I can't coach you anymore. Yeah. And he, he was so awesome. Yeah. He's so supportive. And then it's like, you kept PRing and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, you know what? I think just, in all situations, if the person's willing to work, yeah. you have to make it work. Yeah. You know, and you have to figure it out, you know? And I I am somebody especially that, like, if I am not happy, you will not get results from me. And I think right. that's very – That's most that's people, That's most I people, think. especially in this sport. Um, yeah. But in, in all sports, you have to be mostly happy with where you're at. And I just – I was really unhappy. And I – there was actually one practice where he and I kind of had a blow up and I <laughs> – I definitely instigated that. I was just being a brat and being argumentative and, and it just, it kind of blew up and I knew that it, it, it wasn't him. I just, I needed, I needed to go home. Like, and I, yeah. at that point I was just, there were just so many other things that, that had added up to that. And so, um, he was so awesome and receptive to, you know, me saying, Hey, like, I'm, I'm not happy here. I need to go where I'm happy. I want to keep working with you. I think that you're a great coach and I, I, I still use his workout plans and mm -hmm. yeah, I, it's definitely not ideal. I'm sure for him, but I get, you know, I feel like <laughs> selfishly I get the best of all worlds because I yeah. get his coaching plan, his knowledge. I mean, he knows so much about this sport. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, and then I get the comfort of, my college coach and you know i'm i'm at a point now where i'm ready for that maybe next yeah. transition but um for the past couple years that's that's what i needed and yeah. i'm just so happy that he was willing to work with me because i think a lot of coaches yeah would not be able 
to do that and wouldn't want yeah. to do that. But he is all about whatever is going to help the athlete succeed the most. And I think those are the best kind of coaches are the ones that just are, are just wanting the athlete to succeed regardless of their ego. Right, right. I mean, that, look, that's kind of like in some of my scenarios, let's say Craig, who's a 540 guy. You know, I would love for him to quit his job, train <laughs> yeah. every day, yeah. um, and just, you know, his wife can figure it out. Like, But that's not realistic. Yeah. So we deal with Some people have that. Yeah. For those but, of us without significant uh, others. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's like you have to deal with what you can get. And yeah. I think – I think for both of us, even over the years, it was both of us being mature and responsible to understand, like me understanding his schedule and also him understanding my schedule and knowing that, well, yeah, I would love to coach you this Saturday, but I have like state meet of champs for high school kids and I can't miss that today. You know what I mean? So, and now it's so much easier. You know what I mean? Like the coaching is so much easier and his jumping is so much easier and that's why I really think he's he should have a really good year this year. But yeah. it's kind of figuring that out post-collegiately that is yeah. tough, I think, in the beginning. Yeah, and I think as an athlete, it's just it's, – it's figuring yourself out and figuring, you know, like if you're at a college and you're really unhappy, don't be too stubborn to say, I need to change, I need to transfer. Yeah. Um, and I know if my coach hadn't left, I wouldn't have made that change. Yeah, yeah. And I probably would have spent the rest of my life thinking I had peaked at 13 feet. And so like, that's so crazy. Yeah. Right. Like, and I basically that I would have, yeah, I would have peaked in high school. So it just, I, I, and I, I have so much respect for the coaches that are able to listen and to, yeah. you know, say, okay, I can work with that. And yeah. yeah. So I'm really thankful for that. What, what I find interesting too, um, with Roman is like, you brought up his knowledge. Mm-hmm. What I think is interesting is, He's not just knowledgeable in pole vault. Yeah. You know, he understands the training that you need to do away from the vault yes. to get you better. And I feel like that's huge because I feel like even some of my conversations with sometimes big D1 coaches, they meet with their pole vaulters twice a week and they have no idea what they're doing the yeah. rest of the time. Yeah. You know? He is so involved with every aspect. He was at every practice. He was videoing everything. He just – and he broke it down to a science. He broke it down to the numbers. He, I yeah. mean, he just – He's like, you know, if you run this fast, if you grip this high, if you push this much, this is how high you're going to jump. So this is how we're going to get you to run this fast. This is how we're going to get you to grip that high. And this is how we're going to get you to push off that much. Everything was so meticulous. And and it makes sense then. Yeah. (laughs) And on top of that, he just loves the sport. And so it, it makes it so much better when you're around a coach that you know just genuinely wants to be there because he loves the sport. Yeah, and yeah. He just, you know, he's not there because it's a job. He's not there just, you know, passing right. the day. Like, he just loves it. He's so invested. And so, you know, that made it definitely more fun. Going through that experience with Roman and learning about the training and, like you said, the meticulousness of mm-hmm. it, of like, okay, this is how fast we have to run. This is how high we have to grip. You know, this is how you have to take off, like jump up, yes. like, you know, jumping yes. mechanics. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, going through that, what do you think about when you hear about, like, people who are like, Oh, yeah, I've been running my eight or nine left approach since October. Well, <laughs> I mean, I actually, I I have been doing my eight lefts for about a mm, few weeks now, month month now. Yeah. So I I think it, it comes down to the athlete, but I mm. think you need to break it down. Like I think the first yeah. couple months, it is so hard to go full approach 
the entire season. You right. have to break it down. And you so I, I love short approach. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. it's so fun. And that's when you can really break it down, really work on mm-hmm. things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like going from full approach sooner, I think, than a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, I because I just because I went through that mental funk so bad. And I was so afraid of my you like full to make approach. sure it's still there. Yes. I yeah. I still get nervous before going back. I yeah. still feel that a little bit. And then, mm. you know, especially after a break. Yeah. And yeah. so I like to go to that a little bit sooner just to make sure that I kind of remember how to do it. <laughs> and and then right, I'll go right. back to four lefts. Like I'll I'll kind of right. alternate. But yeah, I think it's about being well, yeah. smart and not overdoing. It because yeah. it's really hard on the body, going right? From full and, and I just, I often feel like sometimes you watch some people who are doing full approach, whatever it is, seven, eight, nine left. It's almost like cosmetic, like they're yeah. jogging the first half of their yeah. run and then going, and it's like, well, then why are you doing that? Yeah, and you know, it's I, I think one thing learning, learning from Roman is that it's just you know, it's a more intense like. Full approach. Yes. I <laughs> think yes. just realizing, you know, the intensity you have to bring. And yeah. it, so it it's tougher on your body. Yeah. Um, definitely at this point. I, I've, I've had athletes who come to my club. They've been jumping for some time. They do like a jump session with me and they're like, oh my God, I'm so much sore. Yeah. I'm more sore <laughs> than I would be after yeah. another practice. And it's because the intensity level is much, much higher. Yeah. You got to make it count. You got to make each one count. It's like a, it's like an airplane. You know, if when you're when it's taken off the runway, you don't want to be just cruising. No, yeah, you want you it to be go. at its fastest point when it's going to take off the right. ground. Otherwise, you're going to crash. Right, right, yeah. It it it's so crazy because I feel like a lot of people don't understand that stuff. And um, I I was talking to a couple people even where I feel like sometimes coaches seem to spend like ninety percent of practice time on off the ground stuff. Yeah, when it's like they're not looking at the runway, the yeah. pole carry, the approach, yeah. the plant. Where it's like that's that's your eighty yeah. percent of your result, and if you don't set that up properly, yeah. it's like almost this is not yeah. even. And I mean, important. I definitely think you know the takeoff is is crucial. That's mm-hmm. going to set up everything. But what you do leading up to that is is just as important. Yeah. Um, and I know. I mean, I think one thing that I've been told that I do well is is I run really fast. But mm-hmm. I think where I have struggled is maybe, you know, in the pull drop and in, in my, my last couple steps. And then I lose a lot of energy in that takeoff. And so, um, just really kind of focusing on that, like everything has to be, it's like, you can't just go down and just take a jump and that's it. You, it's like, you have to execute really what you're, what you're trying to right, fix. Right. And I think a lot of people, yeah, get in that very monotonous, like, it's just the same thing over and over again. Like, just mm-hmm. you take a jump up, you swung, awesome, do it again. Like, yeah. and so, And so it's just, yeah, at this level, just it's... It, it has yeah. to be more focused. Yeah. And I actually, I remember the first intense. time you came up for the Jersey Beach Ball. Yeah. Because I noticed, I said to Roman, I said, you know, Katie's pull carry is like a little bit really low. low. You know, he's like, I, I know. I, yeah. We've only been working a couple of months. Bob, I know. <laughs> yeah. But no. yeah. And that was one thing that he was really good at is not throwing everything at me. Right. And I think that's a problem that a lot of coaches have is that they feel like if they're not telling you everything that you're doing wrong, they're not doing their job. And I think, you know, I think it's the better coaches are the ones that are able to pick and choose 
what's most important right now. Let's focus on that. And then once that becomes better, then we can throw in this and something else. And so, um, I appreciated him immensely for not throwing everything in the kitchen sink at me when I came. Right, right. Because right. there, I mean, there are definitely a lot of things that I do wrong and I'm, and I'm not trying to say that I don't, but it's a process. If you try yeah. to change everything all at once, you're just going to fall apart. Right, right. Yeah. You ha- you have to pick, you, you kind of pick your battles yes. and see what you have to attack first and yes. then go on to the next point. Exactly. You know, it's a kid, like I always tell kids, I'm like, it's not like you can collect coaches, coaching cues in a bucket and then <laughs> think about 35 different things no. as you run down the runway. You no. know, that's not going to happen. And I'm, I'm somebody that like at practice, I like to really focus on those things in a meet that's where you just you got to jump and you just, just got to clear bars and hope that it kind of transfers over. Yeah. Obviously, you want to have a couple cues to focus on. Yeah. But I'm somebody and that was kind of where Roman and I would clash a little bit is he liked to to talk a lot. He just felt better, I think, if he was telling me he wouldn't say a lot of things, but he would be very repetitive and he'd right, right, right. try to follow me to the back of the runway and keep talking yeah, to me. I'm yeah, like, yeah. "Coach, you got to go." <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I I like one or two cues. And then I like to go to the back of the runway and I like to think about it and take it in and then just try to execute the next yeah. jump. And so I I know all athletes are different, but I'm somebody that likes very minimal coaching in a meet. Well, yeah, I've always felt that too. It's like at the meet, and it's funny because sometimes I'll have people go coach for me at a meet because mm-hmm. I have to be at another one. Yes. And I always say, look, coaching is done at practice. Yes. Yeah. The meet is management. Yes. You know, you're like a baseball manager. That's so true. Are you going to steal, you know, second base <laughs> yeah. or are we going to do a hit and run? What are we going to yeah. do? And so that's the thing. You're just getting that kid on the right grip, pull, and step. And I like to just, hey, up a grip, back a half. And let the athlete think on their own yeah. because they've got to consume that. If I'm like busy talking in their ear, they're, it's going to be too much noise in their brain. I yeah. Think. And it's just, you know, you, then you're thinking about a lot of different things and you don't know what's the most important to focus on and, or, you know, saying, okay, well don't do this. And then you're like, <laughs> that's what you're thinking about. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 And I was, that was one of the first meets that Roman and I did. Um, he, I wanted to go up a pole and he was mm-hmm. like, okay, just don't test it. Like, don't bail on it. Like, yeah, just yeah, feel yeah. it out. And I wasn't going to, but then he said but that yeah, and then that. I was thinking about it. And so he and I talked about it the next day. I was like, you can't say that right before I'm about to go because yeah, then I'm yeah, thinking yeah. about, okay, I'm not thinking about what I should focus on. It's like, hey. I'm thinking about don't test the pole and then you don't execute right. what and you it, need to. It would then, be like, hey, go up a pole, but don't mess up. <laughs> don't mess up. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, and I mean like, and that's that was what was so great about him is that I could always I would talk to him about what I needed, mm-hmm. and then but also use what he was giving me. Like it was it was a give and take kind of right right thing, and so that was that was great is that he was able to kind of adapt some of his coaching style to what I needed. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, that was that was really great. But <laughs> I I don't know how long this podcast has gone so far, uh, but I. <laughs> Okay, so but the last kind of the last thing I did want to talk about yeah. before I let you go, and I apologize <laughs> no, for keeping you're you up. Fine. Um, we talk about pole vaulting you know, for we, hours. <laughs> we mentioned like you know you were ranked 16th last yeah. indoors. That's so awesome. Thank you. And I don't think people understand how awesome that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I feel like sometimes in our sport, if people are like, "Oh, you didn't win the Olympics." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, I <laughs> like, think that's one of the more frustrating things about this sport is that you know, okay, you. You tell people, people ask, you know, what do you do? Well, I'm a, I'm a professional pole vaulter. Oh, are you going to the Olympics? And it's like, well, that's the goal. But And then if you don't, 
that's really the only way a lot of people see success in this sport. Yeah, that, because there's, or justify what yeah, you do. Because there's not a lot of you know, it's not very popular in the States. Right. Unless you're in Oregon, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it's just, I, it was funny. I was talking about this with Mary and Kylie mm-hmm. and, you know, any other year we all had really great oh my years. God. Mary jumped, you know, the indoor world, a standard 71 and Kylie was jumping 70 again, consistently at the end of the season. Uh, and Olympic trials was literally the most competitive Olympic trials ever. Ever. It, it was yeah. Was unbelievable. It was the it was the best national championship ever in the history of the sport, any country. Yeah. And yeah. so and I think talking with them about it, it's you know, any other year we would have been super happy with how we yeah. did, but because it was an Olympic year and because that didn't pan out, it just it was it, you know, we kind of left the season a little depressed and down. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it's it's frustrating. In in my I can't speak to them for the trials yeah, right, specifically. Right, right, right. In my case, you know, it was it was a, the weirdest feeling because I I had a good meet and yeah. it was I knew that I had done everything that I could. I took a lot of second and third attempts. I was on um, fifteen foot poles and I had started that at the beginning of the outdoor season mm-hmm. um, and I just. I hadn't gotten a hundred percent consistent with the timing, yeah, and so I was I was taking a lot of second and third attempts to right. to remember that, yeah, 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 and um, so it just by the end I was spent. I was so tired, and yeah. I knew I had laid it all out there, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's frustrating knowing that on that day my best was not good enough. And and it's hard to be mad because I I did have a great day. Yeah, you had an awesome day. But that other girls had fantastic days. Yeah. I mean, and that's the day that you're going to do it. I, you know, I had a good day. They were just better competitors, and that's the sport. And it right. sucks that it comes down to that one meet. It well, comes down to that one day. What, one thing that I said to somebody, I was like, "This is like if you talk to a professional football player, and you said, oh, you didn't play in the Super Bowl.'" <laughs> So you're, like, not that good, right? (laughs) Like, that's crazy. You wouldn't think of it that way, you know? In fact, if you met a professional football player that was, like, the third or fourth string quarterback, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's awesome. You know, and that's the thing. Like, I I still, like, I look at that. It's like, to be ranked 16th in the world, you know what I mean? To have the Olympic trials day that you had, I mean, arguably, that, that was more competitive than the Olympics, it yeah you, I'm, maybe not know, the finals but, but the finals yeah, was insane right but still I mean it's right there I mean what a great competition yeah. and you did awesome Thank I you. mean that's something to be proud of and I and I just I hope more track fans are kind of becoming more aware and understanding yeah. how high of a level that you're at and everybody's at you yeah. know competing at that level because I even, I even think about what if you're that girl out there that's got like a fourteen three PR or that guy like like Craig Craig's around you know seventeen plus guy yeah. That's still awesome. That's so that's really that's an elite. Good. That's a pretty elite mark. Yeah, you know, it's not going to get to the Olympics, but you're on that cusp, and not yeah. a lot of people are capable of that. And yet, people would look at those people and say, "Well, why, why are you still doing it?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's you know? uh, and to put it into perspective, if you were to take all of us that had jumped the A standard in the states, mm-hmm. there were. 22 of us that jumped the Olympic A standard. Right. And you were to split us up between all the countries that didn't have spots filled because they didn't have girls jumping it. Right. We would have filled all of those spots and then some. We all would have been at the Olympics based on how many people they would have taken 
based on how many countries. Well, right. I'm, I'm sure but, even you, when you watched the finals, you know, you saw some girls that you were like, oh, I've I, jumped. I, in yeah, there. I yeah. Could, I could beat that girl. I could beat that girl. You know? <laughs> and so, I mean, that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't even understand the Olympic process. I watched you know? it with a big glass of wine. I'll that. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh man. No, it just yeah. I mean, it was it was it was hard, but at the end of the day, it's you know I did all I could. So yeah, no, d- definitely. It just, but yeah, it's I you it's I wish there was more knowledge in the sport. I think to appreciate not just not just me but you know all the girls that I'm right that I you know work with on a well, daily I, basis I, I think about you know we, we've talked about Mary Saxer yeah and I think people forget how awesome she is I know you know she had I don't, a, but. <laughs> but but you know it's like last year she had an injury outdoors I believe yeah. you know that slowed yeah. her down but it's like she's had such a prolific career oh my so far she's made such an and she's herself. a monster you know what I mean she's, she's so a good. monster it's like any day she could probably pop that sixteen foot jump. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like some sometimes people don't realize that. You yeah. know, um, I, I just I hope people start to open their eyes and look at it that way. That there's so much talent, uh, you know, on the men's and women's side yes. in America, and that there's all these people that are capable of some big jumps. It's just almost a matter of time. And yeah. I and I just for me, I'm doing this podcast to get some knowledge out there, to get names out there, so yeah. people know who you guys are. And we appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. And, you know, I think the other thing, too, is I'm, I'm hoping that it keeps a lot of people going. You know, yeah. I love the fact that you're still jumping and Mary's Thanks. still jumping and everybody's still jumping because that's what drives the competition. That's what makes all of you jump higher. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. And I mean, it's it's tough at times, especially, you know, when, you know, you're at the end of a season and you're like, man, a whole nother preseason. And then another, I mean, I'm younger for this mm-hmm. sport. So I, it wasn't a question of me to keep going. I knew right. that I want to go through another Olympic cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I know a lot of people are like, after an Olympic cycle, it really is a struggle of, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to keep putting my body through this? Because it's not just, it's, it's not just the practice. It's like we talked about, it's the intensity of it. And it's, yeah. it's how you eat. It's how it's, um, therapy. It's everything that you do is, well, it, it revolves and around And even this. the pressure that you put on the people around you sometimes yeah. too, it, it gets to be a lot. And, but the thing that I always think about, like Becky Holiday is a great example. I mean, I don't think she qualified for the Olympics till she was 30. Yeah. You know? So I think, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, like how crazy. And I remember her having like a little press conference thing and saying how, especially in one of the technical sports, you know, it takes time for people to develop. And I would even add, when you think about, you know, jumping some of the bars that you have to jump, the physical talent you have to have, it takes time to develop that physical speed and strength. You can't do that overnight. Well, and then it's developing the physical, you know, basic strength and speed, but then executing it technically right. it's the combination of the yeah. two it takes time and it's a matter of staying healthy yeah i mean this sport puts so much so much into your body it's it's hard on your body i mean yeah. the thing, you shouldn't be running full speed at a stationary object like you're stopping <laughs> that motion if you're in the right slightly wrong position you know you're gonna throw something off i mean 
Well, right. And I, and I think that's part of the training thing is yeah. like figuring that out. How often can you jump? Should you jump? Yeah. You know? And that's something, again, Roman, you know, me and him talked about like rest periods and stuff like that. And even from a technical point of view, how you, it could be easier on your body. Yeah. Um, I guess another question to ask you. Yeah. Do you feel like there's enough places for people to train? You know what I mean? Because um, I, I, I always wonder about that. That's that's an interesting point. Um, so I – this past year was kind of looking around just because – and I've talked with Roman about this, but just because I – working from a distance is tough and I'm right. kind of at a point where I maybe need something new. So I – I just kind of kept my ears open. I, you know, there's a place in Knoxville and there's a place in Phoenix and there's the training center. And so outside of that, it, you know, you really don't hear of many places. Yeah. And so a lot of people, their colleges won't let them keep jumping. I know. And so I think, I yeah, there, there maybe should be more opportunities. I had heard that Brad Walker took the coaching position at Washington state mm-hmm. under the pretenses that he could coach elites if the opportunity presented itself. But I heard that through like, a friend of a friend like that wasn't right. anything big and so i went out there and checked it out and well, I loved it yeah and it's so hard to find out this information like yeah people don't even know that's the thing is most people don't even know i get a lot of girls that will message me and just say hey like so what did you do after college like where yeah. did you go like what like do you have an, like how'd you get hooked up with an agent like there's just not a lot of open knowledge out there. Right, yeah. And so, yeah, I think and that I, would help. I, yeah, and I even feel like a lot of places, like I know even one of my guys, he's a sophomore in college now, he's developing, and, you know, he's doing a co-op this semester down in North or South Carolina. And it's like he messaged a couple of clubs, and they're like, oh, we don't want, we don't want college athletes, <laughs> which is crazy to me. Because <laughs> I know with my club at Apex, you know, it's like I'm full-time at Apex, like all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And the thing is I work with high school, collegiate, and post-collegiate athletes. Yeah. I'm always welcoming anybody. Yeah. Like if somebody's got talent and they want to train, I'm all about it. Like yeah. if you really want to bust your butt, that's the place to go for me. But I feel like uh, some, some clubs even out there, they're not willing to take on older clientele, yeah. you know? And I mean – a lot of places charge money to be there. And so it's not just moving there and paying the rent and buying yeah, groceries. Yeah, yeah. It's paying that added fee on top of it. And then, so, yeah, it's just. I'm offering a bunk bed for any post collegiate. <laughs> so <it's>, <laughs> That's better that. than a lot of places. <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, I, that, I just don't think there is a lot of information out there about mm-hmm. how to go to that next yeah. step. And I think it's a lot of kind of figuring it out. Like my my college coach saw right. Roman and recommended me there. And I didn't look anywhere else because I didn't know what else to do. I just went right, right down there. I I blindly, I had yeah. never met Roman. I didn't know anyone in Knoxville. I just, yeah. I moved down there on a whim and it worked out. Yeah, I'm very lucky. happy that I did. Lucky, yeah. And that's, I mean, I trust my college coach with my life. So yeah. That worked out. But yeah, I mean, without that, I would have, I would have no idea where I would have gone and what I would have done without him looking out for me and looking for options for me. So, um, yeah, I just, I wish there was more information. It's a lot of individual type coaching, like Mary with, with Danny. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, like with me with Roman this year, the the past couple of years. And so, and then there's also the clubs like Chula Vista, Mm -hmm. um, Altus down in Phoenix, yeah. Tim Max crew. Like there are definitely some good groups, but it's it's a lot of it is people Figuring from college that are staying with their college coach and then kind of making it work. And so, yeah. but there's just 
there's just a lot of confusion. It's just a right. big clustered F of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, that, that, that's what I feel like for a lot of people that I see, it's kind of like they're half in, half out sometimes. And it's like yeah. you have to find that environment that's going to work for you. You, you have, know what I mean? Yeah. And to really thrive, you have to be all in. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I mean, you look at like Sandy Morris, she w- was able to stay in that college setting. How awesome. Yeah. And I mean, that, I mean, you could tell she's just, it's just, I, I don't know anything about Arkansas, but it obviously worked for her and she was yeah. able to stay there and just be a hundred percent in and all that. And so it's, you know, with Jen and, and Rick, you know, they, yeah. they are, everything is pole vaulting. It's a hundred percent. And you right. know, they live at their training facility and they train. And so it's, you have to not only be in a place where the environment is conducive to that, but yeah, mentally, like you, you have just, to be in it. Yeah. yeah. It's everything yeah. kind of has to revolve around that, which is yeah. intimidating. And I think a lot of people are not quite ready to dive into that a thousand percent. I get it. I no, I yeah. wasn't. Well, I, I again, that goes to being a college kid and graduating and kind of like figuring out like, okay, what do you really want? Like deer in headlights. Yeah. Like, do you <laughs> want that full-time job and, you know, marriage and kids yeah. or are you looking to pursue this? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, again, I'm biased. Uh, pole vault, <laughs> just keep pole vaulting. Forever. Uh, yeah. Don't stop. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it's definitely, you got to look for the right situation. You have to be all in and, yeah. um, And whatever that situation may be, it doesn't have to be, you know, everybody's different. So every situation is going to work differently. Yeah. So you just have to find what works and don't be afraid to explore. (laughs) Definitely. I I think a lot of people sometimes are are afraid to even ask for help or look into something. Just about everybody in this sport that I've met is so willing to give information and to talk to people and to answer questions. And we love it because we were all kind of, I think clueless at one yeah, point yeah, yeah. we were all in that spot where we had no idea yeah where we all to go and we all learned do. from someone yeah you know? yeah yeah um so look thank you so much for <laughs> thank doing this you podcast. for having me this is so fun um and wait do, uh, what's your instagram or anything do you want to give yeah, a shout out to anything uh, so my instagram is the letter k the letter t n a g o 13 so katie nago 13 okay. and my twitter is the same and okay and facebook i have just my full name, pole vault. So awesome. Make sure, make sure you follow Katie. <laughs> um, and anybody has any questions about anything that we covered, I mean, contact us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, I'd, love, I'd love to answer questions. So. Yeah. <laughs> Th- thanks again. And good luck tomorrow in your competition. Thank you so much. Thanks.